This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 international license. For more information, visit creativecommons.org. Somebody stole our website. Oh no, whatever shall we do? I mean, I guess you could go to the new website, http colon slash slash breakingmathpodcast.app with no www for all you old timers. So breakingmathpodcast.app? I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. Hey, Breaking Math fans. First, I want to thank you for listening. I have an important message for everyone. You can start your own podcast right now with Anchor. Anchor lets you create and distribute your own podcast. Just get an idea, record, and upload. It's just that easy. Anyone can do it. I'm on my way to accomplishing my dream, and you can too. Just get on your device's app store and download Anchor. It contains everything you need to make a podcast. With Anchor, you can put your podcast on all the big platforms. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon, and more. Reach the whole world with Anchor. Best of all, Anchor is free. You have nothing to lose with a free platform. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. A calendar is a system of dividing up time into manageable chunks so we can reference how long ago something happened, agree on times to do things in the future, and generally just have a sense of reckoning time. This can be as simple as recognizing the seasons of the year, as arcane as the Roman Republican calendar, or as accurate as atomic clocks. So what are the origins of calendars? What is intercalation? And when is Easter? All of this and more on this episode of Breaking Math. Episode 40, Save the Date. I'm Sophia, and this is Breaking Math. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash breakingmathpodcast, Patreon at patreon.com slash breakingmath, at Twitter at, at breakingmathpod, and breakingmathpodcast.com. On Patreon, we have a poster for $22.46, a monthly donation, and it's our Tensor poster. Uh, it explains tensors for, uh, from uh, first concepts to Einstein's formula, and uh, you can get that also on our Facebook store. And uh, with us, we have on Mar- Matt Barbato. Matt, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm just happy to be inside. So what's your experience with math related to calendars, calendrical math as it's known? Well, I, I've i always noticed that things don't seem to make sense. My birthday's in October, and the beginning of that month is Oct. September begins with Sept, and uh, December begins with Dec, like a de- decahedron or something like it's clearly ten. There was ten months at some point, 
and it got screwed up somehow. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, it's the Roman Republican calendar that had the 10-month system. I mean, no, it was uh, the, the legendary 10-month system. Uh, but actually, the reason why Oct is off is not, that's not the original reason, because March used to actually be the first month of the year. They moved it to January after a while. Um, actually, I think that was in the 1600s with the Gregorian reforms. Also, the only, let me think, the other bit of uh, trivia I have, Pope Gregory, from who also mended, uh, kind of introduced the Gregorian calendar, he's the namesake of the Gregorian calendar, I believe is also the uh, namesake of propaganda. So that's always fun. Oh, uh, in what way? So uh, propaganda comes from the Congregation for Propagation of the Faith. So propaganda, propagate. So that they have the same uh, kind of root. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff on this podcast. We're going to be talking about the origins of various calendars, how a calendar forms. We're going to talk about some early calendars in specific, including the Roman calendar, which is Byzantine. And it's, I mean, yeah. And the uh, Hindu calendar, which is much uh, simpler and uh, logical, in my, in my unbiased opinion. We're going to talk about the calculation of Easter and Gauss's algorithm for it, because it's more complicated than you might think. And also about modern timekeeping systems and how they kind of flip the script on uh, what it means to base time on uh, the year. Okay, so calendars have, I mean, origins in, like, you know, religion and markets. And, uh, I mean, the ancient Sumerian calendar didn't even have set names for months. Every uh, every uh, relig- religion had their different name for it. But uh, they just said, like, the first month, the second month. That was a very Sumerian thing to do. Are you familiar with the concept of the sidereal year? I am not. So the sidereal year is how long it takes the Earth to rotate once around the sun with respect to the fixed stars. Does that make sense? Yeah, so like uh, how the constellations change from our perception depending on the time of year. Um, I think, yeah, definitely. Or yeah. I just made that up completely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, so then we have a sidereal month, which is uh, how long it takes the moon to rotate around the Earth with respect to the fixed stars. So, like, if you just keep your eye on, a, on, like, a star in the distance and the moon rotates around you once, that's a sidereal month. Okay. But what most calendar systems use is a synodic month, where it's the average period of the moon's orbit with respect to the line between the sun and the earth. So, does that make sense? Do you want to break that down? Yeah, please break it down for me. Explain to me it to me as if I'm a very stupid child. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, imagine the earth uh, sweeps a... Uh, like, let's say there's a string between the sun and the earth. Okay. Every time the moon passes that, that's one synodic month. Okay, I got that. So, uh, uh, synodic month is weirdly, uh, at first it seems weird. It's uh, longer by about two days than the sidereal month. But the reason why that's possible is because the synodic month, if you think about it, it's measuring two rotations. I mean, Yeah. Because all of these celestial bodies are moving at different, or have their own rotations. So you have to take that into account. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's interesting too. A lot of early calendars have a lot of importance having to do with uh, farmers. And uh, we'll talk about that in the next section. Okay, so the Roman Republican calendar was a mess. It was a huge mess. Uh, Okay, so just real quick, uh, the... 
Romans, they weren't really interested in this kind of uh, t- like specificity. For example, they had no year system. Um, they just said like, you know, year three of Caesar. So just based on whoever emperor at the time was. Yeah, the emperor. And I think before that, they based it off of like patricians or something like that. And what's that? It's like a, like the head of a Roman family, like family slash political unit in okay. the Roman Republic. I think that's right. Somebody write to me if it's wrong. But the early remote, but the early Roman system, we're talking like almost prehistory, actually pretty much prehistory. Had 38 weeks of eight days in a 304-day calendar. So we're talking about that kind of baseline. Okay. And uh, you were saying uh, earlier, (coughs) and you were saying before that we recorded about uh, your suspicion that the year used to have 10 months. Yes. I'm very suspicious. I got a a hunch. And why is that hunch? My my hunch is, I know there's uh, these uh, Latin roots like, deck and sept and oct and they only go up to 10 and then there's a few other months thrown in there and but we have 12 months so that that that's where my hunch comes from i've thought of this for 33 years and i've done nothing about it but today well, i will find out you will find out and drum roll please and uh so the reason why it, okay that is actually because they moved the beginning of the month from uh, uh, the beginning of the year from March to January in like the 1600s. However, it is true that, uh, I mean, if you do look at it, there are kind of like two weird ones. Uh, like they, there are kind of two out of the ordinary because the months used to be uh, basically, um, there were 10 of them. There's kind of legendary. So we're not exactly sure where it comes from. But it looks like uh, from from the calendar, a few of them are named after Roman gods, and it ends on ten. So it makes sense that it would be a ten-month calendar, because it's easier to add a god than it is to add a number. I guess. So March would be Mars, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, April from Apu, who is Aphrodite. Okay. Uh, May for Maya, June for Juno, and uh, then Quintilis was the next month in the Romulan calendar, but then the Romulan calendar we're not really going to talk about. Quintilis, my favorite month. (laughs) That is a good month. It's the feast of... I don't even know. I can't make a joke about Quintilis. (laughs) You could always make a joke about Quintilis. (laughs) Oh man, it's almost Quintilis! (laughs) I haven't done my cleaning! Or my shopping! My family's going to come! You haven't done your Quintilis cleaning? Quintilis cleaning! Okay. Yeah. It's, and it's, then it would be kind of it, what? What would that be? I think it's be, all like nasal canal stuff. It's self cleaning. Oh God. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's talk about the Republican calendar. Okay, Republican calendar. So we're going to talk about how to talk about just which day of the month it is. So the Roman months. Okay, first, actually, we should talk about the Roman months first. So the synodic month is about twenty nine point five days. Okay. And uh, the true value is like about 29.53, but the 29.5 was used as an estimate in the ancient world for a very long time. So it had um, 29 and 31 day months, uh, with February having 28 um, for three and then 29 for one, because uh, the, the estimate was that a solar year was 12 and a half synodic months, which is 368.75 days, which is off by 3.5 days. 
So basically every 25 years, it's like the seasons change. Like, it's December. It's so hot. And yeah. And you're in your, your 50s. It's December. I'm going to freeze to death. Well, in effect, that never happened because they just kept reforming or restoring the calendar. And as we'll see, there's a month called Mercadonius. That was an interclary month that was uh, used uh, in the Roman calendar. So basically, they... Okay, what was this? it was supposed to happen is it was supposed to be every other year to calculate that 368.75 days. And uh, it was supposed to cause a 377 or 378-day leap year and place within the month of February. What actually happened was that the patricians, to gain power, sometimes would use their, like, everybody would, like, try to hold off months from happening because of, like, the time that elections were and... Uh, it was like they would sometimes make it happen or make it not happen. You kind of have a lot of chutzpah to say, you know what? <laughs> March, not happening this year. I've decided I'm the head of this, this, this family, this, this little uh, group of people here. March, next year. We're going to hold it off. Well, it's not necessarily deleting a month. It's like sometimes it's like it's supposed to, ha- this Mercadonius is supposed to happen, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, of course, because the Romans were so logical about this, they put it in the middle of February. But they also, so it's like February lasts until Terminalia, which is seven days before the end of the month. And then as soon as that happens, all of a sudden those seven days or so get added to this month, this intercalary month. But they're technically part of the original month. But so this, it's kind of complicated. I don't think our normal terminology can really compensate for what they're doing. Which is bonus time during your month. So, yeah. like, when you play pinball uh, and you got a certain score, you get a certain amount of extra time or an extra ball. And now uh, you get a certain amount of extra time in your, in your February. Yeah, and, and you see why it could be used as a political football, because imagine you could stave off election season for a month if you were one of the sides that was losing. Oh, yeah. oh look, Euripides is going to win, but he's really old. If we have another big chunk of month, he can yeah. croak at any moment. Exactly. So the first day of the month was called Calendis. That's pretty. Yeah, but then I can't remember which month. One of these, uh, I think this was um, a 31-day month, but this might that might be wrong that I'm talking about now. I don't remember the wrong Calendis, 31 days past Calendis. Oh, no, no. Calendis isn't a month. It's just the first day of the month the is called. The first day of the month is called Calendis. Yeah, and then so like if it's like a 31-day month, which I think this example is, um, if it isn't, then uh, I, I'll add a correction at the uh, after I record. Uh, I'll add it right here. Okay, and it actually does turn out I need a correction in this episode. Um, that was a 30-day month that we were talking about. But even then, it was 18 days till Callens. So I'm not sure why I said 19. But anyway, back to the episode. The next is AD 4-9. And that's the second day of the month. That's how you have to talk about the second day of the month is by this huge thing. AD 4-9. Be hell right a check. Yeah. And the 4 means the fourth day before the Donas. And the donas are the nine days before the edus. I mean the edibus, and the edibus are is the middle is the day before the middle of the month. So you get the calendus at the beginning, then you get the nonus. Yeah, calendus until uh, calendus, and then the pre-nonus. The pre-nonus, and then you have to say how many days before the nonus it is to say yeah. what day it is. And the the day before is called the pre-diennonus. The pre-diennonus, then you get your nonus, then the edibus. Yeah, well, the Pridia Idus, then Idibus. Huh. That must have been. And then after. Yeah, and then the day after Idibus is called AD 
um, 19 Kalet, Kal, which means the 19th day before Kalendis. Okay. So you have these, do you have a four-day week? Then you have a nine-day week? Then you have a 19-day week, apparently. Okay. Does that math work out? Well, it, no, it might be good if you had to have like every other week off. The month that it landed on the that 19-day week is your week off, you would be so happy. Yeah, and of course, those are just the month-type weeks. There's also just a notice weeks that happen at the same time, which are eight-day weeks. They're called notice because uh, they started counting inclusively. So, like, for example, it's like it's like saying, like, if Sunday is one, then you if you want to say next Sunday, and this is like a notice, it's like you say, like, next notice. Yeah. So it's like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. When you get back to Sunday, you're at eight, even though it's a seven-day week. But notice is called nine because it's an eight-day week. Huh. It's really interesting. And then you have the Jillian Reform, which is basically the calendar we use today. Um, almost uh, the Gregorian calendar is the calendar we have today, but this is almost identical. Like it looks almost identical to ours. It's the only difference is uh, when we have leap years, but it gains about three days every four centuries. Even though the difference was known at the time, like they discovered it like a hundred years earlier. That it's not three hundred sixty. It's like a a few hours difference than that, which was known for a while, but they didn't implement that. And of course, three forty six BC was a uh, five four hundred forty five days long. To compensate for missed intercalations. Oh, and intercalations, uh, have we talked about what that is? Uh, we have not. I oh. have, and I have gone cross-eyed. Oh, intercalations are uh, the month or day that you insert. So a leap year is, I mean, a leap day is like an intercalation. Okay. Yeah, so the intercalary month earlier that we were talking about means that it's extra. You know, it's like a su- extra month that you put in there. Okay. So on the other side of the spectrum is the Hindu calendar, the the Hindu lunar calendar, which it has to be said, um, we, we're not going to read any names of the months because there's several Hindu calendars and I wasn't sure which one to pick from. But uh, what's interesting about it is that it's it, the, with the Roman calendar, if you think about it, it's kind of just about counting and uh, like, you know, cycles. Yeah, it's more utilitarian. Like it is. It is four days before this specific thing that has to happen. Yeah, but the Hindu calendar was much more accurate because it was based, like the timekeeping device wasn't, uh, like the astronomers were like, they set up tables of like, well, let's explain first of all, like Hindu astronomy is at the core of a calendar. So the sidereal month was their month. But instead of being an approximation like 29.5, it was the exact, as far as they could reckon it, uh, sidereal month. So as time got more accurate, uh, they th- their calendar improved and has done that till this day. But there's this text called the Suya Siddhanta mm-hmm. from the 5th century BC. It estimated the length of sidereal year and without looking, try to guess how much it was off by. And this is the 5th century CE. I imagine they don't have a lot, but the fact that you're asking me makes me think they're pretty close. Maybe they're off by like four seconds. Well, it's a little more than that, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, okay. I was really rooting for them. <laughs> well, three minutes and 27 seconds. That is really good. Which is one part in 150,000, which means that it, like, which means that it would take a very long time for you to notice any procession. I, I am very impressed by the ancient Hindus. Yeah, they're very good. Time. I mean, they, the Hindus Valley Civilization, which was like really long time ago in that same area, had a... 
uh, their smallest unit of measurement was a little bit more than a millimeter. They had a plumbing indoors. Huh. So stuff it, I never learned in school. Yeah, you don't ever learn about the Hindus and the Chinese and like, like the Indonesians and all these people who like. We have to do an episode on Breaking Math about uh, the history of like more global mathematics. So that's coming, everybody. I just boom it happened, but uh, the months. Uh, so like in one of the systems, Chaitra, uh, which is March or April about. It, it, this is when they kind of happen. So there's 12 months, and uh, they add up to 354 days, which is uh, a little bit... It's a lot less than 365, right? It's like uh, 11 days less. Okay. But um, what happens is that there's a month called Adikamas that is an intercalary month. So they have the same concept of the makeup month. Yeah, and they just put that in uh, depending on like how long... Basically, what happened was... Uh, if they were off by more than the exact length, as far as they could calculate it, of the sidereal month, they would just add in a month there. They'd be like, boom, that's when that month is happening. Oh, that's awesome. Once again, super impressed by the ancient Hindus, One people I don't know nothing about. Well, it's kind of funny as we do something similar now with the concept of leap seconds, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Calculation of Easter. That's how the church got split. Oh, yeah, they did have cal- different calculations of Easter, like the Orthodox. Yeah, there's the Eastern Orthodox and, like, the Roman Catholic. And, and this I, is one of the reasons they split, because they couldn't figure out what Easter was on. And Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, it's tied liturgically to the Sunday following the Paschal full moon. So let's say, break that down what that means. The Paschal full moon is the first full moon of April. That's all that means. But... Uh, because it's a institu- like really institutional thing, it's 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 it follows the Roman tradition of being uh really really Byzantine and weird. Basically, the uh, the approximation is that two hundred thirty five synodic months, or about six thousand nine hundred forty days, is one metonic cycle, which is okay. about nineteen years. Yeah, which is only off by about thirty minutes um for the length of a year. I'm really impressed by the 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 way that these ancient mathematicians calculated. Oh yeah, it's incredible, and they were all naked until Galileo. Like they would use string, for example, to like uh, like to measure angles and like plumb bobs. You know, like they would uh, hang heavy stuff to make up. It's awesome. Um, plumb bob is awesome. Yeah, I use them at work, and I still think it's an awesome thing. Yeah, and for the uh, listener who might not know, a plumb bob is basically something heavy attached to a piece of string, and it makes you uh, and it makes a perfect vertical line. And it's also very pleasing to say, plumb bob. Use it at least three times today. Just force it into conversation. <laughs> Use it a metaphor. Yeah. Today was difficult. It was as though my plumb bob would not st- stop swiggling. Yeah. Or like I'll have a large fry, a Diet Coke, and boy, I enjoyed using a plumb bob today. <laughs> Just keep referring to the original yeah, incident of plumb bobbery. Plumb bob is hard to fit into a sentence. I guess we've used it very many times. So moving yeah. on from plumb bobs. Yeah. So basically, there's uh, these tables, and they're valid for about 300 years. It's like, uh, it's just a few dates. It's like about uh, 19 dates. And uh, you just look up which date it is based on... Uh, you, you, we're going to be talking about modulo for a few, a, few, a few times. 
And uh, modulo is just like, you know, uh, nine divided by seven is one remainder too. So it'd be nine modulo seven is two. Modulo just means remainder. Oh, okay. I can do that. I can do remainders. Yeah. So year modulo 19 plus one is a golden number. You just look that up on a table. Like um, that'll be valid for a few hundred years, like 300 years. And that is the easy way to calculate it. So I'm trying to figure out the calculation. Let's say it's year 20 and you divide it by... Uh, 19. Uh-huh. So that's one remainder one. Uh-huh. So the golden number in that case is three? Two. Two. Because you okay. just add one to that. Just to the remainder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's try it again. Okay. So now, now it's a bit in the future. It's year 40. So 40 divided by 19 is two remainder two, and the golden number is now three. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So, um... Yeah, so that's a pretty simple way to calculate it. But um, but we're going to talk about Gauss's algorithm because this is still a table, right? Like, it has to be calculated. Like, there's weird rules. Like, um, they add uh, eight days every... Um, every... Eight days every... All right, so you have to add one day or... Yeah, every... You have to add one day eight times every 2,500 years. So you have to divide those evenly. So that kind of complicates the whole formula, right? Yeah. So the only solace I have is that I probably won't live another 2,000 years. So I don't have to do extra math. Well, you're going to have to do math now. Woo! Yay! Oh. So let's say you take year modulo 19, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's call that A. A. So, yeah... We're not going to do this with real numbers. Actually, we're just going to speed this up because it's a really complicated algorithm. Wow, that's a lot of letters. Yeah. And then finally, Gregorian Easter is on 22 plus D plus E of March, or D plus E minus 9 of April. Oh, so simple, simple modulo 7 plus 19 of... See, this is why the Eastern Orthodox Church left. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, there's more. Okay, I'm excited. If D is 29, E is 6, replace the 26th of April with the 19th of April. If D is 28, E is 6, and 11M plus 1 modulo 30 is less than 19, replace the 25th of April with 18th of April. And for Julian Easter, M is 15 is N equals 6. Super cool. Yeah, Gauss was kind of nuts. He was awesome. Uh, we talk about Gauss a little bit on this podcast. Um, I believe he might have been the one who... Uh, his uh, he was annoying his teacher so much that she said just add up the numbers from one to a hundred. So what he did is he wrote them forwards and then he wrote them backwards, and then he saw that one plus a hundred is a hundred and one, right? Okay. Ninety nine plus two is a hundred and one. Huh. Ninety eight plus three is a hundred and one. So basically, a hundred times a hundred and one divided by two because he added it up twice, and he he did it in like five minutes when he was like a little kid. Man, that's super impressive. I'm sure his teacher wasn't very happy. Uh, probably not. Uh, is this still the way they determine when Easter is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still the same. Uh, it's called the um, 
It's called the Computus, and uh, that's basically the computation of Easter, and it's it's, it's been used since the 1600s. So there's somebody at the Vatican whose job it is to calculate this out. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a job. It's probably just like a an app right at this point. <laughs> so uh, modern atomic clocks are accurate to about three parts. Three parts and one divided by 10 with 16 zeros after it. That's how accurate an atomic clock is. Um, yeah, it's called the... It's, it's basically like... Uh, how much it can vary. It's basically six orders of magnitude more accurate than uh, the planet is for keeping time. Hmm. So our time now is based off of atomic clocks, not off of the planet. However, to keep us in alignment with the planet, with our calendar system, we sometimes add leap seconds. And uh, because remember what the sidereal year is? Sidereal year is... Sidereal year is the moon passing between the us rotating and things. Okay. Well, that's Let, the sidereal month. Sidereal month. Sidereal year is twelve of those. Well, so, well, that the, sidereal year is just uh, is how is rotating what's around the sun with respect to the fixed stars. Okay. Yeah. So if like you're looking at the same star that's really far away, you'll see yourself rotating around the sun. Like let's say that's left. Like then, all you have to do is fix one direction. That's all you have to do. Okay. And uh, that's a sidereal year. So we've added twenty-seven leap seconds since nineteen seventy-two. And when do we determine when we add a leap second? Oh, when we uh, basically pass. It's uh, either thirtieth uh, of June or of uh, the thirtieth of January that you add a leap seconds, I believe. And uh, if basically the planet is faster or slower because of seismic activity or what have you. Um, and uh, basically, if it's further than where it's supposed to be, you would add a leap second. And, uh, I, and yeah, so timekeeping systems are really Byzantine and complicated, no matter what. Calendrical systems are used to organize time, even though they can appear anything but organized. And calendars are rooted in astronomy. Essentially, every calendrical system that exists deals with the rotation of either the Earth around the Sun or the Moon around the Earth. And now that we have reached a point where machines are more accurate than Earth's rotations and must have leap seconds to compensate with our heavenly bodies, we are, perhaps, most uniquely justified than any other point in time to say that we have a handle on time, just into our daylight savings and time zones. I'm Sophia. And this has been Breaking Math. With us, we had on Matt. And uh, Matt, do you have anything to plug? Uh, thank you for, I just wanted to say thank you for having me. And all of this was incredibly fascinating. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, I have a horrible cold. And that's why maybe why the episode is a little bit shorter than it would be otherwise. But um, sayonara. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.